It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Upfront program. It's, um, let's see, Thursday already. How the time flies when I'm near... Oh. Uh, this is not a musical program or karaoke. So welcome to uh, the Upfront Talk Show. I'm Roger Bouchard. Joining us on this Thursday is Christopher Boulay, parents known as Chris Boulay from now on. Good morning, Chris, and how are you doing over there? Good morning, Roger. Good morning, listeners. It's great to be here. And there wasn't as much rain as uh, they indicated. Again, they're mm-hmm. going to start to lose credibility here. Well, um, at least not around here, and we're happy about that um, because... Um, like they had to close Thurber's Avenue on 95 last night because the the water was on the highway in Providence so high that uh, the state police said, you know what, we can't let traffic pass here because uh, the uh, cars, uh, the water is higher than the cars. Anyway, point was Thurber's Avenue closed, so some people really got knocked, and uh, luckily, uh, as you mentioned, uh, we didn't get as much around here, but it certainly was pounding on the roof. We're going to talk about a topic that I know hardly anything about. That doesn't stop me from talking about social media. We'll be talking about it uh, from uh, the point of view of uh, the mayor uh, settling with the American Civil Liberties Union on on social media. Maybe we ought to uh, talk about that first, too. But if you would like to participate in our program, call us, 769-0600, 766-1380. We'd love to hear from you. Any topic that uh, you want to uh, bring up, maybe you already have an opinion on it, or maybe you're asking a question on it. Uh, we uh, we welcome your participation in the program. As far as that Facebook matter is concerned, again, I'm not an expert on social media. But I think the turning point on that whole issue, uh, Mr. Christopher Boulay, is that she's elected, you're not, and I'm not. So, therefore, if you're an elected official, somehow, if you've got a Facebook account open uh, you uh, you can't stop people from uh, commenting. I don't know. Do you see that as uh, as the the crux of the issue? In other words, they couldn't do the same to you or me because we're non-elected officials. Yeah, I, I've always been one to try to defend the American Civil Liberties Union. You've been on the other side of that and have found them useless. And we've had Steve Brown up here from time to time. And they're, they're just very inconsistent. It's just kind of low-hanging fruit for them to go after. So they, they go after the mayor for, for something you know pretty innocuous. I'm, I'm surprised she didn't get it uh, from the quotes that are in the paper. She, she's not tying the fact that she's a public official and she's using her own personal Facebook page to promote her uh, deeds and maybe deeds that didn't happen that she's a credit for. But we've got a situation when you talk about social media in general. We've got Twitter and Facebook actually censoring and banning people for putting out truthful facts, whether it's uh, um, where the Chinese virus came from or, or issues about the vaccine or, or, or what have you. And these people are being banned. So what does the ACLU do? They go after a very uh, something that very small that they can attack and that they can get credit for. So it, it's just a big mess. Again, I'm surprised that the mayor can't see 
you know, what the issue is. You know, the, the city spends another $7,000 for no reason. It, it, it's just a big mess. And well, at least you didn't lock him in the safe, you know. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your commentary on that. We got a caller earlier this morning, your homework assignment. I don't know for this show and next show. But the gentleman said uh, that uh, Twitter, if you have more than 10,000 followers. Now, that, this was the issue f- that he was trying to determine or I was trying to determine whether whether Twitter is going to charge the person who owns the account or whether Twitter is going to charge people who are trying to um, to follow that uh, particular account uh, money. And uh, I don't know if uh, you were able to catch up with that story or not. Yeah, I, I didn't know much about it. Uh, for, for me, I was on Twitter for one reason and one reason only, and that was the President of the United States. So it was interesting and uh, appropriate for me to get information directly from him that wasn't filtered by the media. So... I dropped Twitter immediately as soon as uh, as soon as Biden came in the office. Facebook, I put pictures of my dog and me golfing, and I'm I'm just about ready to drop that too. But what what Twitter does, Twitter has the ability, and it's a it's a feature only available to a select group of U.S. And, and Canada users on Apple devices. Let's Twitter users charge others two ninety nine, four ninety nine, or nine ninety nine a month to follow them. So Twitter users can ca- can keep 97% of the profits, and um, that's how they do it. So only users who have at least 10,000 followers can do that. So I find Twitter to, to, to be next to useless. It gets you in trouble. There's no filter. Uh, I guess you could say the same thing about talk radio. But you have a thought. You put it out on the media, and it goes out there permanently forever, and you get yourself in trouble. And uh, most people are probably better off being off of it. But, yeah, Twitter is always trying to, quote, unquote, monetize. In other words, yes, you've got this software. Yes, you've got this ability to do things. Uh, how do you make money on it? Just like Facebook. Um, Facebook gives away the product to individual users. And how do they make money? Well, they sell you stuff. And if if you pay attention very carefully, you talk about something near your Apple product, and all of a sudden the thing comes up on uh, on Facebook that you, you may want to purchase. So you're talking about Buicks, maybe they'll, they'll show you a Buick. So for, for me, I'm looking for competitors to Twitter and Facebook that will challenge them and actually allow people to have a fair and free exchange of ideas. So, yeah, this has been around for a little bit. Um, I, I guess they're just kind of expanding it more. But I, I have no use for Twitter at all. Everybody wants to make a dollar, including Twitter, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and we, we talked we talked about that the other day, mm-hmm. and we wasn't we weren't sure of the tenor of the email that we uh, that we got whether the person was criticizing or just acknowledging. But Pfizer has made uh, they expect in two thousand twenty one to make thirty one point five billion dollars in revenue for, for the vaccine and. My attitude was then, and it is now, that more power to them. They've created something that has great value to the human race and great value to many, many people, and they should make money. Uh, what, what I going back to Twitter and Facebook, the fact that they're actually, you know, banning discussion and they're trying to manipulate uh, and socially engineer people, I think is disgusting. And I, I, I wouldn't bother me if they went out of business and there was a competitor that uh, had a platform that allowed. The, the right exchange of ideas. Hopefully, one may come our way. 
And uh, before, too, I, I guess we have a call, but I, I did want to get to, I did some homework on a comment I made about the Constitution Tuesday. We could talk about that, but let's uh, take the call first. All right. Actually, we've got a couple of calls, so let's uh, get into it and press button number one and uh, take your comment. Good morning to you. Welcome to the Upfront program. Yeah, morning, guys. So as far as the ACLU suit against the mayor, so here's my feeling on it. If you're an elected official, no matter what, um, I think you can definitely have a, fa- a personal uh, Facebook account and you can ban people. But I think we're, I think what happens, I think what happens when the misunderstandings happen is if you have a personal account and you identify yourself as, you know, whether it's mayor or state representative or state senator or U.S. congressman, I think that's where the lines get blurred. Also, I think when you start putting out um, official government business on it. That's where the lines get blurred. So I think politicians should just keep it simple. Just have one personal one where you don't even talk about your your capacity as an official, and you should have one where you it's your official domain for the for the town or for the state. I think that's just a good best practice for everybody, you know. Um, but, um, you know, and, and again, I, I think, I, I, I can't believe they wasted so much it seems like such a waste of resources for two users that were blocked and then we're unblocked. So it's just, I don't know. Yes, I, resources. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. Like, like you said, Chris, the ACLU, I mean, if this is a case they're going to take on, if it, 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 it's just, it, it's kind of a waste. It, it is. And my, my point is that they don't have any guts. You, you, you've got Twitter, you know, if you, if you go on Facebook right now and, and you make comments about, the, the vaccine uh, in a negative way. There's somebody uh, um, who's going to review that and, and probably block you, and, and and it's wrong. And there also there were comments about the virus coming from Wuhan, China, and early on those comments were blocked. So the ACLU is taking on some low low hanging fruit here, taking on a, a small city mayor. And taking on a small issue, and and, and uh, I don't think they're adding a lot of value uh, to America here. I don't think so, but I mean, it is what it is. That's what they do. And um, at the end of the day, I think it's a good, it's a good lesson, and um, for all public officials in Woonsocket, we saw what happened. We know the rules now. You know, water under the bridge. Everybody can move on, and now everyone knows. But here's my: I detest. Facebook and Twitter. I do not have an account on either. I only have one Instagram account, which is powered by Facebook, only for professional reasons. And I'm actually thinking of closing that as well, but it's only for business reasons. So I, I detest them. I'd like to see them go out of business. Um, here's my thought on it. Are they a utility or are they public sphere or not? I mean, they have, um, you know, when you have like a shopping mall, okay, and it's open to the public and people can come in and out. There's restrictions. You can't just kick anyone out you want. I mean, it, it, once it becomes and you know, it falls into that category as a public square or a public sphere, it, it becomes, you know, so that's what I think. There could be, I think there could be some standing to them blocking people. You know, it, again, it would be the same as kicking someone out of a shopping mall for no reason. The other no, thing is I think yeah. market forces can take care of this. I think we have competitors. This is a free market. Again, Facebook is, in my opinion, borderline evil. I think they... they promote more bad things than good things. I mean, there's, there's, um, you know, known pedophile sites up on there and they let them know there's Taliban sites there they don't care, but QAnon, it's just, it's crazy. But here's the deal. There's alternatives. I mean, you have the one that Mike Lindell just started. I think it's called Frank. And then you have Gab and then you have it. So I, Chris, I think that market forces can actually force them into either better behavior, corrective behavior, or just put them out of business. 
Yeah, I, I agree. You're probably old enough to remember MySpace.com. So Facebook's only been around since, I think, 2005, 2006. So it, it will have a shelf life. I know some, I'm thinking of a, a prominent attorney I know who has two Facebook, one completely professional and one and one for the, per, for the personal stuff. And f for me, it's an easy demarcation. I don't put anything political on Facebook. It's basically me hitting golf balls and playing with shih tzus. And, and the reason is I can come here and comment politically if I want. But if you put something on there, you have a pushback and you, and you create issues. But you, you've, you've nailed it. Um, are they going to um, uh, repeal the 220 protection? Are they publishers or not? And yes, uh, Facebook's only been around for around 16 years. And it, you've nailed it right on the head. Market forces can probably undo this. And, and to me, tw Twitter really hurt themselves because... The, the President of the United States had about 55 million followers, and many of those people dropped off like me. Oh, the only reason was was to hear what the President had to say. Appreciate your call. Thanks, uh, thanks as that. always. You're always on point. All right. It's break time. We'll be back in a moment on the Upfront program. Are you missing money? Have you checked the Treasury Unclaimed Property website? The office of the Rhode Island General Treasurer, Seth Magaziner, may be able to help you locate an old checking account, reimbursement from a utility company, life insurance proceeds, or tangibles from a safe deposit box you and your family member may have had. The state of Rhode Island has over $350 million in unclaimed property, and last year they returned over 13 million dollars to over 23,000 people. Searching for and claiming your missing money is easy and always free. Rhode Island State Treasurer Seth Magaziner wants you to check your name on the Treasury website, findrimoney.com or call 401-462-7676 for more information. Hi, my name is Kim Garno, and I'm a Reiki master practitioner and owner of Kiem Healing. Reiki comes from two words, Rei, meaning God's wisdom, and Ki, meaning life force energy. By unblocking poor circulation flow, your body's energy can flow as it should. Reiki provides healing energy in a natural, holistic way through light massage. Reiki relieves anxiety and stress, fosters a better night's sleep, relaxes sore muscles, balances the body's energy, and adapts to your individual needs. Reiki is recognized by major hospitals throughout the United States for promoting healing. Call for an appointment at 401-769-0438. We are located at 86 Bellingham Street in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Blessings to you and good health. Call Kim at KM Healing for your consultation or appointment at 769-0438. All right, this weekend, uh, Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery will be uh, open on Labor Day, the actual holiday itself, Monday. You can visit us between 8 and 1. We'll be open Sunday, the day before the holiday, 9 to 6. Saturday, two days before the holiday, 8 to 7. So what are we doing? You know, this is still summertime, uh, right up until around the uh, 20th or 21st of September. But at Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery, fall is here. And we've got uh, all our fall treats, including apple and pumpkin and cranberry apple muffins. And we have the apple ring cake and the apple dumplings topped with icing and sliced almonds. We have a gourmet caramel apple. 
Uh, these apples are drizzled with chocolate. The delicious rustic apple tots with cinnamon sugar apple filling and so much more. And the ice cream from the right scoop. We've got some fall flavors in stock now. We're making salted caramel ice cream, pumpkin, pumpkin Oreo ice cream, apple crisp sundae ice cream, and brown butter pecan ice cream. You'll find it all at Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery. And that's at 200 Woonsocket Hill Road. And, um, you know, we're hiring right now. That's right. We're looking for pastry finishers, cake decorators, bakery production staff, and also retail managers and store staff, too, to wait on customers. We're Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery. And we're open right now to serve you. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. How you doing over there, co-host Mr. Christopher Boulay? I'm doing well. I am a financial advisor, and I'm not a lawyer, but I, I love to dabble in, I can read, and I love the Constitution. I think it's one of the most important things that makes America great. So I think it was the other day we had a regular caller discussing H.R. 1, which was to federalize the elections. And the individual made the comment that he thought that this was unconstitutional. And and I'm very proud to say I was able to quote almost verbatim Section 4, Elections in the U.S. Constitution. And this is where the Democrats um, have leverage if, in fact, H.R. Uh, 1 gets passed. Um, I think the... SCOTUS would have a trouble. Would have trouble. Uh, Supreme Court of the United States would have trouble deeming it unconstitutional on this one issue. So, quote Section Four elections: the times, place, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed uh, in each state by the legislator thereof. But the Congress may at any time, by law, make or alter such regulations, except as the places of choosing senators. So what the Founding Fathers didn't want to have happen is uh, they decide that um, the senator is going to be chosen in Philadelphia, and then somebody's got to go 400 miles to vote for a senator or, or, uh, or representative, and that's what they didn't want. But it says right there that Congress may at any time of law, uh, by law, make or alter such regulations. So... H.R. Uh, 1 probably would, would be held as, uh, as uh, constitutional if, in fact, it would go to uh, the to, uh, Supreme Court. Hopefully, Larry Elder gets uh, elected. Um, I think it's in a week or so, gets elected as the new governor of California. And then he would appoint the next senator, and then the power would switch over to the Republicans. And it would probably be a good thing for the country if the Republicans controlled the Senate. And at least for the time being, the Democrats controlled the House, and then we'd have stalemate. Do you think we're going to get a new governor in California, or do you think the the guy's out? I, I think he is. I, I think he is, and, and I, th I think he's stuck. Um, he's, he's been described to me, uh, the, the guy looks out of central casting. He, he wears $2,000 suits. He, he's, he's a very distinguished-looking guy. He looks like a governor, but he, he's a buffoon. And some of the things that happen, people can't get their hands around. But when you're blocking businesses and 
and saying that people have to wear a mask in order to go out and eat. And then you're at one of the most exclusive restaurants in the state, the French Laundry, as it's called, in Napa Valley. And you're meeting with people um, who are promoting that and you're not wearing a mask and nobody else is wearing a mask. Um, you know, people are tired of that. And then the other person who's supposed to really help them is President Biden. Biden uh, is promoting him and, and, and endorsing him. And Biden's uh, popularity is extremely low right now. It's well below 50%. So I think a lot is working against him. And to say I vetted Larry Elder a lot, if he was, you know, I, I'd pay more attention to him if he was running for governor of Rhode Island. But what I see in the comments that he's making, um, he would he could really help turn California around. Obviously, there's a lot of Democrats there, and he, he'd actually be shoveling crap against the tide. But some of the things about school choice and, and making sure that police officers are respected and get rid of this, defunding the police, get rid of these prosecutors uh, who are making uh, crime uh, acceptable, allowing things that are making the average home price median home price, excuse me, in California, over $800,000, creating the homelessness going on. So it's a big state. We talked about it. I think as it stands alone, it's the fifth largest economy in the world. And um, I, I think he's got a damn good chance of winning, and I hope he does. We have some callers waiting, so we're going to press some buttons and listen to other viewpoints. Hello there. Welcome to our program. Hello. Hello. Wow. Speak of the devil and he shall appear. I'm glad you did your homework. <laughs> yes, I was hoping you were listening in. Uh, I like to be right once in a while, and uh, I, I appreciate you uh, acknowledging and calling in. And also, here's the thing. Um, but they still have to have a 60%. They can't pass this with 50. It's got to be a 60 vote. They still have to win over 10 Republicans to pass that 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 is, that is correct. There's no reconciliation here. This, oh, you're absolutely right. Unless they blow up the uh, filibuster, and the, they already did that for the judges, that would be a problem. But don't they? My understanding, they also have to win over ten Republicans to blow up the filibuster. I might be wrong on that. I don't know. It depends how they approach it. Um, I don't think so because Harry Reid did that in the nuclear option back in 2013 for the judges, and they did not have 60 votes at that time. Uh, to, to say I understand everything about it, um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. But hopefully they don't go that way because we're going to talk about the New York Post wants to impeach Biden. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Go ahead. Okay, now here's my thing on um, social media. I called in early for the social media. As you brought it up, I've been bringing, meaning to bring this up. I'm going to phrase it to you this way as a scenario. How do you like to be find out that all of a sudden that you're a member of a white supremacist group? Now, maybe you've already had this happen, but a couple weeks ago, first time it's ever happened to me, I got an email that says, you are now a member of this Gmail group. Just, you're a member. What, what, what do you mean you're, I'm a member? I don't know what this group is. So I went to, clicked on a link, brought me to Gmail, but... It's what seemed to be a legitimate Gmail page. It said, you're not a member of any group. But then this morning I get another email from this group, and it's like, here's our email to our membership. How, how do you like being a member of this Google group? And I'm like, I don't know what you stand for. I don't know what you are. You could be a racist group. You could be neo-Nazis. I don't want to be a member of a group that I didn't join, and yet you guys are running around 
with my name claiming that I'm your member, and I really didn't like that at all. Oh, but I, I, I wouldn't. No, nobody would like that. that that's certainly uh, understandable. They could do that to you if you're running for politics. Say you're running for mayor, and they they put that on there, and then they take a picture and they say, oh. Bob, Bob's a member of this, and um, he wants to run for uh, Mayor Pawtucket. Look at this. Absolutely, I agree 100%. Well, is, is that happening to everybody, or is, is this something new, or has this been going on? I just saw it now. I, I, I haven't seen it. It hasn't happened to me, um, but that doesn't certainly mean, doesn't mean uh, uh, it doesn't happen. I, I know for face. I know for Facebook, I'll get suggestions from from time to time saying this seems to be something you're interested in. And for example, you know, Woonsocket resident. Therefore, um, there's stories about Woonsocket, and somebody will suggest that you join the group. But you can you can always, as far as I'm concerned, you can always respectfully decline. Well, see now, here's the whole thing. Um, yeah, I remember I've gotten those, and even suggestions. This would be a good friend for you. Yeah, or whatever. But um, I always send, I only send pictures with Facebook, family pictures to family and stuff like that. I don't do anything else on Facebook. But um, this thing out like they're claiming I'm their member. I'm like, huh, like how I am. So yeah, that's the whole thing. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. That's what I talk about uh, today. I don't, I don't want to be a member of any club that would have me as a member. We need to do a little bit more research on that filibuster thing, I guess. And it's the 15th. The 15th when they're having that recall. Out in California. What do you think? I know you've been paying attention. Do you think Elder has the chance to, to do this? I guess it depends on how many ballots they got hidden under what table, you know? <laughs> Yes, there's always that, but we have a lot of crazy stuff that comes. It's extremely important, in my opinion, to the country because we have a lot of crazy stuff that comes from California. You'll have some member of Rhode Island General Assembly trying to push some stupid law, and they'll say, oh, they did that in California. It's a cancer in many ways in terms of the democratic process, but we always appreciate your call, and I'm going to do a little bit of research on the filibuster. Thank you. can tie it into the conversation we just had about California. California is doing very well economically, and the reason they're doing well economically is the huge amount of capital gains that they're getting that's a leftover from the Trump uh, policy. So the, the stock market has done very well. Um, 
there's, there's something called tax loss selling. So you can write off up to $3,000 of capital gains. So if you have $20,000 of capital losses and $17,000 of capital gains, you can lower your taxes by $3,000. My clients and many, many clients of, of other financial advisors are going to have a hell of a time trying to find tax losses this year because the, the market's at an all-time high. So I don't think there's going to be any issue about any revenue shortfall of any state, for the most part, because they're basking in the glow of the Donald Trump tax reform where the stock market is doing extremely well, i.e. the corporate taxes rate uh, going from 35% to 21%. That's really driven the market. And plus, there's a lot of money that's been constructed by the Federal Reserve. We're sitting on, I don't know, was it $70 million to sit even socket over the next couple of years? So, no, I, for the foresee uh, foreseeable future, I don't see any revenue shortfall uh, at all by any state. I don't think that's uh, an issue at all. I hope not, you know. Uh, what do you think Think a CD rates will go up? They, they, they have to. I, was, I, was, I don't know if I said on the radio, I talked to Roger um, about it uh, off air, but uh, UBS, um, like many brokerage companies, we do brokered CDs, and so a couple hundred banks will come to us. I saw CDs, I think it was for three months it was 0.05%, for six months it was 0.1%, and for two years I think it was 0.2%. It's like, why, why even bother? Right now the 10-year treasury... Which is the which is the benchmark interest rate uh, that that often you use for mortgages and and what and other and, and other borrowings and also uh, other you know CDs is that like one point three percent so it's artificially low they ca they can't go any lower I don't think we're looking at negative interest rates like they have in Europe but they have to go up that's another reason why the stock market is doing so well theoretically if you have a stock from the S and P five hundred paying two and a half percent dividend and the thing doesn't go up or down you're better off than getting a cd in the bank generally speaking uh you know all things being equal your risk tolerance because you're getting 0.1 percent in the bank so yes they, they have to go up they're at an artificially low way right now oh thank you for all your help okay have a good day everybody. oh one more quick thing i didn't see anything in our local paper and i saw it once on tv where that a place on Main Street gives out free clothes to school kids. I'm, I'm surprised it's not being uh, talked about more often. Well, well I, I have my, my apple in front of me, and when you get called, I looked it up, and I, I didn't see anything about it. So um, we'll look again. Yeah, I'm surprised. Okay, thank you. you bye, bye Thank you. If You're on the... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, if it's free, people will find it. All right, that is a fact. This is a... The Upfront program, I want to talk about um, Old Orchard Farm and Greenhouse. They are uh, open uh, in just a couple of minutes. It's where you can get fresh, local, native corn every day. The uh, owner of the uh, business, Luke Fillion, uh, picks it up daily. Uh, fresh, native tomatoes. And there, some of them are nice, big, juicy, make a great tomato uh, sandwich. And that is a great sandwich to have this time of the year. But we've got it all, whether it's uh, green or yellow beans or or different kinds of lettuce, romaine, red leaf, uh, green leaf uh, lettuce. Um, maybe going to make some eggplant parmesan. We've got plenty of eggplant. We've got the onions. We've got the scallions, the peppers. It's all native, and it's all uh, available at Old Orchard Farm and Greenhouse, 505 Old Greenville Road in um, 
Manville Village, Lincoln, Rhode Island. Hope you stop in to Old Orchard today. At the CPA firm of Kayer Caution, we believe in the value of relationships. We view every client relationship like a partnership and truly believe that our success is a result of your success. We're committed to providing close personal attention to our clients. We take pride in giving you the assurance that the personal assistance you receive comes from years of advanced training and technical experience. Dedicated and trusted for over 30 years. For Kayer Caution, certified public accountants with offices in Warwick at 732-8900 and one socket at 766-8100. Hey, do you like shrimp? Well, today is shrimp day at the River Falls restaurant. What does that mean? That means uh, $15.99 is the price. And then you can enjoy as much shrimp as you care to enjoy. There are at least a dozen plus combinations of shrimp on the menu. So if um, you have uh, shrimp fra diablo, and uh, you finish that, uh, they'll, uh, you look on the menu, you could order another uh, serving of shrimp fra Diablo. Or you could order something um, like boiled shrimp. Any way you want the shrimp. Like I said, over a dozen combinations, fifteen ninety nine, all you can eat every Thursday. And that starts at 4 o'clock. Now, River Falls, on the other hand, is open at 11.30. And they have a nice luncheon menu, too. So if you're looking for a great place for lunch or for dinner... And for shrimp on Thursday, come on over to River Falls Restaurant right here in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Let me look at my little uh, sheet here and make sure I've caught up with everything I need to catch up with. I have. And now let's rejoin this program. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. I got an email here that says, uh, good morning. Roger, you stated... Uh, this morning on the program that John Ward will have a new boss in Lincoln as town administrator. Are the uh, director po- uh, the director positions appointed by the new town administrator or the town council in Lincoln? So um, yes. Well, first of all, let's talk about uh, the election. There is an election Tuesday in Lincoln, and now the question is. Um, and I quipped. I said, uh, and John Ward who is the Lincoln finance director, will be paying attention to that election. Of course he'll pay attention. I'm paying attention to it. But the question is, who appoints the finance director in Lincoln, whether it's the administrator or the um, town council? I don't know. Do you know uh, offhand? Well, I guess we do spend a lot of time together because that's note number four on my cheat sheet here. And I know you didn't see it, but I was, was going to comment on Lincoln Town Administrator. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have had Senator Tom Paolino here from District 17 we many have. times. Mm-hmm. And um, I hope I don't hurt him with this public comment. But I certainly, if I lived in Lincoln, I would uh, certainly vote for him. Um, He's got a lot of energy. He's a smart kid. He's, he's got the blocking and tackling done down as far as uh, ethics, as far as a conservative outlook. So I think he'd do a really good job. So if people liked uh, Joe Armand, I think the closest you're going to get to Joe Armand is, is going to be uh, Tom Paolino. My understanding is I, I'm pretty sure I'm correct, is that just like in Winsocket, just like in most any community, the... Uh, the directors serve at the pleasure of the town administrator or the mayor. So, yes, he, uh, Tom, uh, if Tom was to win, he would definitely be, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, John Ward would, would be reporting to him. All right. And um, so I don't know 
<clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know, and, and I guess Chris doesn't know exactly uh, just how that works in Lincoln, but I'm sure we're going to find out very, very soon. If you have a comment, uh, you're welcome to call us. 769-0600 is our telephone number. And uh, I just wanted to bring up a brief uh, topic uh, that I didn't get to in the news today. And the uh, story was um, in the Providence Journal. And it lists on a weekly basis um, the, uh, the people who, um, or the communities in which you have the most um, issues with uh, COVID-19. And, uh, the, and this is done by per capita. So, um, so it doesn't matter what your population is. If you've got uh, a high percentage of uh, people who are getting tested um, positive for COVID, it will list it. Number one community in the uh, state of Rhode Island is Block Island. Now, it hardly has any people, but you can see how intense the, uh, the numbers are in that uh, community. Second, and for the third week in a row is Woonsocket. And so we continue to have the highest positive um, um, tests for COVID-19 than any other community per capita in the state. Incidentally, Lincoln is, is uh, number four, uh, just for, for the record. And why that uh, is the case, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Do you have any speculation as to why are we so smart in Woonsocket that... Um, we know better, and so we skip getting the vaccine. Or are we so dumb in Woonsocket that we don't know any better and we're not getting max the vaccine? Or is it a combination thereof? And here is the definitive answer from Chris Poulet. Well, every time you guys quote the COVID-19 stats, all I can think of is, boy, that town's got a bad case of the flu. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's overdone, so I'm not really sure. About by I still see COVID nineteen by and large is just really a bad case of the flu, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's overreported uh, uh, tremendously, and uh, I think it scares people for no reason. And I don't know if I answered your question directly, but that's kind of how I feel. So you feel that when they put that little uh, thing down your throat or up your nose, and then it comes back as a plus that. You could be you could be having the flu at that particular time and not COVID nineteen. Well, no, I'm I'm into changing them. I'm into changing COVID nineteen with a with a bad case of the flu. That's it's that's that's really what it is. I I think it's a it's a bad case of the flu. I think more people died from uh, from the flu over the over the years, especially young people, than COVID nineteen. So I don't know how long it's going to continue uh, with this, this uh, focus on. I guess there'll be something else we'll focus on. All right. Uh, good enough. Uh, one more uh, question, because I thought, I don't know if you, you commented on this, a local issue. I don't know if you commented in the hallway or here in the studio, but it was off microphone. And um, I hate to comment on things that you've commented off microphone, because some of them... <laughs> Some of them, we don't already get into that. But anyway, um, uh, this has to do with the council meeting last night. And they met with these uh, guys from Franklin, uh, Matthew Kelly and Mark Fantasia. And they own a company called Red Brick Companies. And they hope to convert the former hospital trust building right across from City Hall into micro-loft apartment units rented at market rates. And um, 
I think I heard you say something about well, where the hell are they going to park, right? Is that, is, yeah, that, uh, yeah. yeah I, I think I said it nicer than that. Uh-huh. But the building is, is, is falling apart, it's, but it's up to a developer to make that dis- determination. Is it worth saving? Mm-hmm. And if they're going to make it into Michael Mm-hmm. Where, where's everyone going to park? Mm-hmm. So that 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 that's an issue. Unless we're going to have people who who uh, our target market will be people who can't afford cars. See, it isn't an issue to me. Uh, to me, this would be great. Imagine uh, having uh, unit number fifty-eight in the micro loft, and you have to go scrambling for a parking space in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. I mean, to me, that would be uh, a dream come true. And then I think about the the parking that's available with the municipal lot. When you come out of the building, you take a left, there's a municipal lot beyond Clinton Street. I don't think that's a, a big walk for somebody who's in a micro loft to park their car in that municipal lot down the street. Come out of the building, take a right. Hey, we've got two more municipal lots on Main Street, um, you know, between, uh, quote, unquote, the old heritage coffee shop. And so if these micro lofts are built uh, and people are looking for parking spaces, and uh, they have to walk like uh, maybe 500 feet or maybe uh, a football field to uh, get to their parking space. I don't see that as a big issue. I hope that they can develop this microloft. And I hope the, the council and Rhode Island Commerce um, find some kind of a solution because uh, I'd like to see something happen with that, that bank. And well, I don't think parking is an issue. Oh, I, I would very much like to see something happen. And, well, let's bet lunch. I don't think anything's going to happen. I think it's going to be a huge investment for no reason. Um, and I think, in, in fact, it's just not going to happen. I don't know what uh, the city council can do. I obviously do a tax stabilization plan, but that... That's been like that for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, we'll, we'll, see how, we'll see how it goes, but I don't think that's uh, a great use for it. And I'm not sure if the infrastructure of the building's there, but that's not for us to determine. That's for an investor to determine. Yeah, and uh, also uh, whether uh, the, the council wants to cooperate with a tax break and Rhode Island Commerce Commission wants to uh, come up with uh, tax credits and, and so forth. It's really quite a package that you have to put together. It's not just a private developer uh, getting some uh, money and then uh, restoring the building. Uh, there are a lot of um, a lot of balls in play, and uh, we'll see if they can put the package together. But uh, I'm not quite sure what you could do with that building other than apartments. Um, but um, and, I know. I, know that, I guess yeah. there was talk for a hotel for a while. Mm-hmm. We we do have only one hotel in the city, so that was another issue that's kind of come and gone. Again, I, I don't want to be uh, negative on it. Uh, I wouldn't put my capital in it, and but if uh, if in fact uh, somebody will, will develop it, then uh, more power to them. Did you have any uh, damage in the past few days from the wind or the rain and so forth? You might want to talk to Vern Rainville. We'll have his message right now. Well, here's a question for you. From Vern Rainville. Do you have frozen pipes or ice dams causing some damage to your home last winter? Well, this is probably covered by insurance. And did you know that you have two years to file a claim? Call Vern Rainville, the local adjuster that represents you, not the insurance company. Vern is a licensed public adjuster by the state of Rhode Island and will work for you to initiate a claim. You can call Vern Rainville today at 484 484- 384.95 for a free no obligation in-home consultation. All calls are returned in less than 24 hours.
And uh, Vern uh, Rainville has had a uh, career in construction uh, and the uh, construction trades industry. And so when he comes to your property and um, and looks at damage that was done, water damage uh, down in the basement or, or wind damage uh, caused by a tree falling on your house, well, he, he'll be able to uh, assess it properly and determine whether the insurance companies are offering you a fair settlement. Vern Rain, a lot of people have called for his number here at the station, and that's one thing. And secondly, a lot of people have called back and said, thanks for the number, and I used his service, and he was really good by me. So thank you for patronizing our sponsors and calling Vern. All right, one more ad here, and then uh, we'll chat about other matters. Inside or outside dining, or your favorite pickup order from Grumpy's Restaurant in Bellingham. Open seven days a week with a great luncheon menu and a full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood and mouth-watering Italian dishes, including pizzas, on one of the best menus in the area. Hungry today or tonight? Come in and enjoy friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for pickup or to place a reservation to dine in at 508-883-0101. Grumpy's Restaurant, 190 Pulaski Boulevard in Bellingham. Grubhub delivery is available. Lunch is starting at $4.99 at Grumpy's. And remember, Monday through Thursday, today is Thursday, the $10 dinner menu, four or five dinner specials every night for $10 after 4 p.m. at Grumpy's, Bellingham. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, we're going to squeeze in a a call here, and uh, then we have other matters to uh, take care of. Welcome to the Upfront program. How are you doing today? Good, Roger. My name's Paul LeBond. I'm a Woonsocket native who's been gone for 40 years, but I've just returned to the area. Yeah, I know who you are, Paul. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I've been to 160 cities around the world. I've seen a lot of things. I presented some ideas for economic development to the governor's office mm-hmm. a month ago. But I had a couple of ideas. Several years ago, I came to Woonsocket with a couple of real estate developers from Texas. Yeah. Who, we, spent, we spent two nights walking up and down Main Street. They came up with a plan that they wanted to literally buy everything on Main Street and redevelop it in a similar fashion to um, the Bourbon Street in New Orleans. I got onto a discussion on Facebook and your your star celebrity, John Dion, came on, called me a loser, insulted me, told me that my uh, obituary with Matt wouldn't fit on the matchbook, and then he got these people, just filthy mouth people, nasty talking to me on, on Facebook. One woman told me to go F my mother, and so these two businessmen said, you know what, check with this city, goodbye. But we had a great plan, and part of that plan was to suggest that the city buy the hospital trust building and repurpose it and move City Hall into it. In fact, I was in City Hall about a month ago to get a copy of my birth certificate, and the place is like, it's, it's like a, like a fun house. You go up and down these uh, alleys and hallways and, you know, back and forth and whatever. It would, it would be a, a smart move on the city's part to repurpose the building, and they have plenty of room, bring all their city offices under one roof, and then they could sell the current City Hall building to a, to a developer who could bring in housing or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, I'm certainly uh, familiar with um, with you, and also I, I think I've heard that story about uh, you coming into town. I certainly have heard about uh, the, you and the Dion um, uh, uh, situation, most unfortunate. Uh, and um, and I um, I think that are you saying what what prompted you call? Are you saying that you would probably uh, support uh, something like this from these two developers from Franklin? 
No, no, I, w- I would support, I would, I would support, I mean, yeah, yeah, so short answer, yes, I would support more housing. But <laughs> for that building, I think it would be perfect for the city. They could acquire it, certainly on the cheap, because it's in such run-down city. The, the city hall is, is too small for, yeah. for uh, to accommodate all the various departments. Yeah. Convert that building to city hall, and then sell the current city hall building. All right, well, we have a, a, a guest in the studio that we want to uh, develop a topic with, but uh, I... Um I certainly would like to know, and, and I don't want your answer because we don't have time, but you, you move City Hall across the street to the Hospital Trust Building, and then you have another Hospital Trust Building on the other side of the street called City Hall. And uh, so I, I'd like to figure out what to do with that property at that well, point. You put, but, you put housing You put housing there. It's got a river view. It's mm-hmm. Roger, I'll call you offline sometime, and let's get together and, and, and visit. All right, we'll do that. Thank you, Paul. All right. Thank you, Paul. What, what, what should have happened in 1992, um, when we had the Marquette building available, uh, Franny Lanto didn't want to do it, but we should have moved City Hall there. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I know we're running out of time. We have a special guest, uh, Vinnie Ward, who's president of Home Care Services of Rhode Island, who's been listening in and kind of shares my feelings a little bit about COVID-19. And he wanted to express some of the concerns he's having with the governor's office in terms of the economic impact. So uh, welcome. Good morning. Um, Just so the public knows, on August 17th, the Department of Health promulgated regulations that are requiring that all healthcare workers in Rhode Island be vaccinated. And it sounds like a nice thing. I'm in favor of vaccines, but the the fact is that it's going to be extraordinarily difficult to have that happen by October 1st, the deadline that the Department of Health set. And part of the problems that I have is I have about 78% of my Uh, staff is vaccinated right now. I have several that don't want to get vaccinated, which means they would end up leaving the workforce. And I'm a very small company compared to some of the 500 plus employees that some of these companies have. And the concern is that healthcare- Including nursing homes, right? Including nursing homes, hospitals, and uh, home care agencies. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that, uh, just as an example, I do pediatric nursing also, and we have patients that Three of the nurses do not want to get vaccinated. If they don't get vaccinated, these day shift nurses will force the, the parents, one of them will have to lose their job or stay home and take care of that child. And I find that's a really difficult position that the governor's office through the Department of Health is putting us in. Um, the other thing is, I just want to let everyone know, our company and all, most of the companies in the state that do home care sent out letters to all of their patients letting them know that their services may be disrupted as a result of this uh, mandate. And included in there is the phone number to call the governor's office, which is 222-2080. And you could call them and let them know that this is a concern of yours because this could be a, an elderly loved one. It could be a child. It could be any adult that needs care in the home that's going to suffer as a result of these uh, cutbacks that may happen because of this mandate. Um, Again, I'm in favor of them, but I think we need to uh, be very careful about either the timeline that's needed to do this or um, whether or not we actually want to push this on people so much. When I have, for example, since February 1st, I checked my records, I've had zero cases of patients with COVID. You know, they've all been vaccinated now. So I've been checking with other agencies and I'm getting the same response. They haven't had any cases. Home care is much different than nursing homes or hospitals. They take in patients that may have COVID, may get COVID. Home care agencies generally 
don't have patients with COVID unless they're doing some skilled care, and that's a whole separate part of their business. So it's really difficult uh, to say to our employees, you all who've been following all the regulations for the year and a half, you now have to not only wear your face masks, but you have to get vaccinated. When the teachers in the state, the governors refuse to tell the teachers in the state and the state employees that you have to get vaccinated, even though they deal with the public and uh, they deal with little children that are absolutely not vaccinated. Are you the lone voice in the valley or is the entire industry from hospitals to nursing homes and down the line uh, uh, protesting to the governor? Well, everyone is protesting except for Lifespan. And Care New England, who happened to want a merger approved by the Department of Health. Um, other than that, everyone is complaining. The nursing homes are complaining. All the home care agencies are complaining. We have a meeting with the governor's office next Tuesday uh, from the Rhode Island Partnership for Home Care. So we hope that uh, we can see if we can make some adjustments or tweak the uh, regulation. We're out of time, guys. Thank you. Uh, thank you for letting me come in today. I oh, appreciate it. Our, pl- our pleasure. And thank you, Chris. And thank you, callers, for your participation. We'll see you tomorrow on the Upfront Program. John Breen will be co-host. WNRI Woonsocket. It is uh, 9 o'clock in the morning. News is next.